0: Welcome back to Voices of Troy, presented by the Troy Somerset Gazette. I'm your host, Andrew Neal. Today you'll hear my interview with Troy Chamber of Commerce President and CEO Tara tomsik Husack. She assumed the role in August of last year and has had previous roles at the Mosaic Youth Theater of Detroit and the American Heart Association. In our conversation, we talked about the many different places she has lived and what brought her back to Michigan, the state of the economy, especially as it relates to Troy and how businesses, big and small, can personalize their message through storytelling. And with that, here's my interview with Tara Husek. Husak. All right. Thank you and welcome to Tara Tomsik-Husak, the president and CEO of the Troy Chamber of Commerce for being on our podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk about where you're from and what brought you to Troy and um, how you uh, found yourself in this role as the president of the Troy Chamber.
1: Sure. Um, Well, I actually grew up in the city of Detroit, Um, so born and raised out here, but I ended up moving quite a bit. So I actually lived in Switzerland, the Netherlands, on an Amish farm in Indiana, Alaska, Hawaii, Poland. Um, and Manhattan for several years wow. as well. So a little vague background, <laughs> definitely some worldly knowledge I would say, yeah. or just some fun cultures I got to be a part of. Um, I mostly worked in the hospitality and restaurant industry and in mm-hmm. sales and marketing, um, but then I transitioned into the nonprofit sector for quite some time. So I was the vice president of mission advancement for the state of Michigan for the American Heart Association. And then I also was the uh, president and executive director of Mosaic Youth Theater of Detroit. Mm-hmm. and most recently. Now I'm the president of the Troy Chamber of Commerce. So it's really good to be here.
0: Awesome. And what led you to to get the role as, as the Troy Chamber? Was it your experience in the nonprofit sector?
1: You know, I think it, there's a, a variation of it is I was just intrigued. So the, the recruitment firm, we chatted a little bit. And it was one of those situations where I wasn't really looking in the sector. But it was interesting. My husband, he owns a small business as well in Northville. He owns a financial planning firm. And it's, I see what it does for small businesses and the resources that a chamber could have. I come from hospitality and sales, so that's an interesting way of understanding that sector, which is pretty big in the Troy area, um, and then understanding a lot in the different sm- like segments from corporations to nonprofits. So it was a way to kind of expand my horizon and see any way I can help the local businesses grow.
0: What brought you back to Michigan? You're from Detroit and have lived in all these different <laughs> places. Why did you come back?
1: So um, – I'll have to take a few steps back so you can kind of grasp it. So when I was living in New York, I was actually on, uh, I did a lot of film and TV and stuff, so I was actually on all my children. Um, And when I was out there, I came across some things that were were working for the United Nations. So I actually came home to get another degree. So um, I have a degree in jazz voice, intercultural communication, and my most recent one is dispute resolution with a concentration around hostage negotiation and terrorism. So... Again, very odd. Um, so I was actually coming home to get a job lined up with the United Nations by finishing that final degree. I met my husband, and he—I uh, blame him daily that he's the reason <laughs> he kept me here. He he chuck he chuckles. He always says, "I took you off the streets, but it was really the Upper West Side of Manhattan." So I don't think that counts.
0: Being from there, there is something that like home can't replace.
1: Hundred percent.
0: And and so you know, being all over the world and being able to see the world was there always a little bit of piece of that too? That sort of, you know, home was always Michigan?
1: Yeah, you know, the thing is, is my, my parents live out here. And when you go away, you miss that time. I, I chuckle, my parents are actually my best friends. Mm-hmm. I am that person who literally is still best friends with their parents. But you, you leave and you realize home is always here. When you meet other cultures, I, I used to get made fun of in New York, um, they would actually say, wow, you're from the Midwest, aren't you? And mm-hmm. I'd laugh. And I was like, well, no, I've been everywhere. But of, of course I am. And I was like, "Well, well, how did you know that? And they're like, you hug people and you smile a lot. <laughs> and as silly as it is, that is the truth. I am really a hugger, but I think Michigan will always be home. And as much as I can see all over the world and I loved the I mean I loved living in in Manhattan, I loved living in Switzerland. It's awesome places, but Michigan's got everything. And like you look around at Troy, it's just a whole world here as well. So I mean, it's just a wonderful place to be. I don't know why I would go ever.
0: Yeah. So, take me through a, a, a day in the life of the president of the <laughs> Troy Chamber of Commerce. Is it different every day, or is it kind of more routine?
1: Ah, uh, no. Routine is the opposite of what I do. Um, it's it varies every single day. So. I'll try to think of an example. A lot of times I'll have breakfast meetings and I'll be meeting one-on-one with other CEOs or companies just to see like what kind of needs they have and ways we can help connect them to other businesses. Then I can move along. So today I met with a person who was really looking into getting into the manufacturing world and trying to find strategic recruiting firms to work with. Then I get back and I look at our golf outing that we're going to be hosting pretty soon. Then I have a phone call to discuss with the um, MEDC a what type of speaking arrangements we have going on going through our membership base with Sheila and it's and then I'm here today doing a podcast. So <laughs> it's pretty much nonstop every single day. But if you're a people person, you embrace it. And the power of connecting people, I can't find anything greater than that.
0: I was going to ask too, what's one of the, you know, some of the positives that come out of of, of the job. And it sounds like making those connections with yeah. people, but also through business.
1: It's Is- uh, Well, and that's just it. The, the chamber itself, we are all servant leaders. Mm. So we are not Uh, getting members to build the chamber up, we're building our membership so our members have more people to connect with. So our job is not to necessarily be the talkers. Our job is to be the listeners and to see where we can help. Uh, I would say my favorite part of the job is meeting with companies one-on-one and just saying, hey, let's do a brainstorming session. And as silly as it is, you can find very different market segments that you didn't even know you could approach. So it's it really is the power of ideas and the power of connections and how we all kind of help each other to rise.
0: Absolutely. What are some of the challenges that you see in Troy? I mean, and there's the perception that Troy is built out and to yes. a certain degree. Um, are those the same challenges that you're seeing business owners talk about?
1: Yes, I would say um, right now, one of the things we're concentrating on, and, and I'm very proud to say that we have a fantastic relationship with the city Um, so when anytime they get those issues they also bring it to us to see if we're getting the same issues from our business community so anytime they have issues they do bring it usually to both of us so that way we can kind of collide in a positive way Um, I would say the traffic was being an issue and obviously the construction was one of the bigger factors especially on our hospitality sector Mm -hmm. so a lot of our restaurants and a lot of our hotels were kind of seeing a little decline so we're currently working on a campaign to try to elevate that as well. So we're working with companies to say, hey, can you give your employees an extra 10 minutes during lunch so that they can go to our restaurants? Because if you are saying, oh, it's too trafficy, I I won't make it there to the restaurant, I don't have enough time then that restaurant may not be there in a few years. So if we don't start finding creative ways to support all our local businesses, we can see a decline. So we have to be very creative. We have to be very out of the box. And you obviously know the power of storytelling. So it's finding those stories. It's bringing our business owners and our all of our local employees the, the story that needs to be shared, how we all can work together.
0: TROY is, I think, often seen from an outside perspective as a business city. There's mm-hmm. so many businesses here, but there's so many families here, too, mm. and and a really good reputation for the education system in the public schools. Absolutely. Yeah, um, so how do those two things sort of um, merge together?
1: Well, I think it goes twofold. Um, one thing, I do think the people of Troy support their local businesses, and I think that's one of the impressive things about the city of Troy. But the other factor is, is you would be surprised that a lot of businesses looking to move into the area... Schools is a number, one of the number one factors. So we actually will get phone calls on occasion. Mind you, these are not the calls we normally take, but it's about saying, hey, we're considering bringing our company here can you tell us about Troy? What makes Troy magical? What is Why should I bring my entire family here? And as you talk to Rich in the schools, you talk to like Walsh College, you have all these wonderful people in the education sector, and it's a very diverse community. It is the perfect place to work and live. So it, it does drive business as well, being in such a great community.
0: What are some of the things looking ahead in the next few years, um, sort of the looming economic downturn that everyone <laughs> seems to talk about and yes. is convinced is happening next month um, that hasn't quite happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but is that a fear that business owners are are projecting to you? And what are you hearing um, what they're thinking in the next, you know, three to five years, what they're thinking is coming down the line?
1: For sure. Well, I mean, the recession, it's people saying it from the rooftops. I think one of the factors with it is that people don't understand that the, res- the recession, if you're prepared for it and you're starting to be uh, taking all the initiatives you need to do now, you're doing the right steps. When a recession actually hits, you need a chamber more than you need anything because we are the connectors. We're the ones who bring people together. So if there's things that you need, we a lot of times have that resource and help can help get you to the directions that you need. But it's really the ones, the doomsdayers, I don't want to say it like that, but the amount of times that I hear people say, oh, the recession is coming, and you kind of say, well, yes, but we don't understand the magnitude of it. So let's work together. Let's be proactive. And we have some amazing people even on our board of directors who are having conversations of like, there's ways you can you can win in a recession. So it's paying attention to that. With the amount of educational pieces that we have going on, we've had several seminars around that. We have lots of business development. So it's getting some of your employees the training they need that we can offer is just part of a membership benefit, so it's it's one of those things that we're giving all the tools to help survive the recession. Do we think the recession is coming? I mean, sure, something something always will happen. We can't say we're always going to be in the up. So it's it's really just making sure you're prepared for it. Um, and as for the directions of the city, I think I think we all have the same initiatives of trying to move everyone forward and make sure that we're all prepared. I know walkable cities makes it much more functional. I know there's gonna be some great things going on. We're seeing new apartments come in. We're seeing a lot of great development in, in process. So I think we're all kind of in the right track. I think Troy's in a good spot.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, and it goes back to that that point of, of oversaturation too, where, I mean, I can understand the fear from business owners uh, mm-hmm. point of view too, to say that, well, if there's a recession, as much as we can be prepared for it, is everyone going to survive, mm-hmm. uh, let alone thrive, which is why you're in business? Correct. Um, so I guess that... It- and the answer
1: is no. Right. Not everyone will. But it's it's making sure you can do everything and utilize every resource you can to do so. So it's it's taking advantage of things. It's making sure that you are staying abreast of the trends. You're seeing what's going on. You're You're doing creative storytelling marketing. There are mm-hmm. a lot of ways to make sure you're ahead of the game and be prepared. But the answer is no one ever knows if it's fully okay.
0: And things have changed just in the last uh, 10 years, let alone when Troy really had this economic boom of about 40 years ago. Is there an industry that you'd like to see Troy embrace more? Or is it doubling down on sort of the industries that it's known for already?
1: I think it's both. Uh, I I think the diversity of the workforce in Troy as, is actually what makes it. So I don't want us to become the hub of just one thing, because I think we'll lose some of that diversity in product, diversity of business and diversity of community. So I, I actually prefer kind of a very a very varying <laughs> market segment, I would say. And I think that's what makes the Troy Chamber actually stand out a lot is that we have so many different industries from manufacturing to technology that are all members that they can utilize each other's resources. So I okay. kind of like the diversity of yeah. it.
0: Let's talk about the chamber and the yeah. people you work with as well. I mean, what is uh, what is you you've already mentioned two sort of, uh, what makes a chamber function but who helps a chamber function give me a, a sure. idea of sort of the office of of who works yeah. at the chamber
1: we have a wonderful wonderful team we have jody who's been there for over 20 years she's our uh, vice president she oversees all the operations um, we have sheila who is in membership and she is by far one of the most dedicated humans I've ever met in my life. And she truly just genuinely loves our members. So it's so good to see. We have Tracy, who's been there several years as well. She's there executing some of the most fantastic events. We have our golf outing. We have this amazing uh, city relations event coming up soon. And then we have Teresa, who is truly the power of storytelling. She is uh, working in our marketing and communications department. She's our director there. But her design work is just stunning. But it's always nice because she'll get those phone calls as well of like, hey, how do I do this? And you hear her just quietly say, okay, let me talk you through it. So mm-hmm. the, the resources and the skill set that we have actually in our office is fantastic. And not to just mention that, but the volunteers, our ambassadors, our board members, we really, I mean, a chamber of five people can only do so much. But when you look around and see all the people who help to all of our businesses, it's, it's a wonderful thing to see
0: kind of leads me to my next question too, yeah. which is what are some of the, the values that you look for in people and that you admire in, in business owners that you meet? Um, but then, and also, like you mentioned, sort of the people that work with you, mm-hmm. um, what are some of the values that you look for that you, you just really um, enjoy seeing out of people and then connect with?
1: Okay, so this is going to sound a little bit cheesy, but um, I always like to see leaders who keep it real. I think there's if they can have true conversations with people and can lead a little bit empathetically. um, People always say, oh, well, I can lead and I'm just really compassionate about that. But that's not really trying to put yourself in their shoes. And I think those who have that servant leadership style and that empathetic approach can really do a lot more. And for that sake, retention, keeping your employees, that's where you generally see them hitting the mark. Mm -hmm. I think any of the leaders who are creative, who are willing to... Speak out of the box a little bit. I think that's the really cool segment that we get to work with. Um, the amount of people, the new co-working spaces that are popping up everywhere. So you're seeing all these new ways to collaborate. so it's it's just a very interesting style, but I think we're a very collaborative market. and, I think the more we listen to each other, the more we're going to all rise together. Yeah.
0: Sometimes disagreeing with someone fantastic. allows, you know, especially if the other person is receptive to it, mm-hmm. can lead to a lot more of uh, open conversation and understanding and maybe a, you know, mutual learning experience yeah. as well.
1: I always laugh when you think about the people who are screaming from the rooftops, like, this is my opinion, this is my view, but they're not willing to listen to the other person. So I'm a big fan of, hey guys, stop shouting from the rooftops, let's sit down and talk it through. We still still may not agree on things, and that's equally okay, but let's try to get an understanding, and I think that's a smart way to look at things.
0: You think successful people uh, become successful out of luck or, or because they've worked hard to earn earn it?
1: Can I say both? Um, <laughs> I think it's absolutely both. I, I know some hard workers who have started in many, many, I mean, I was a bartender, started as a bartender. I'm very proud of that, and every bartender out there, you guys do a really good job. Um, <laughs> But I, I think it varies. I mean, I, my family, I grew up where my mom was a housekeeper for a hotel and my dad sold used cars out of our kind of our driveway. Um, but... It, it doesn't mean they weren't hard workers. And I think successful people doesn't always have a numeric value value tied to it. Um, but I do think some people were born into some lucky aspects and had some opportunities. And I think that's fine. Just make sure you capitalize in it the right way you should, but help others as well along the process.
0: Let's talk about some of the goals for you, um, both personally and professionally in the next Five years. I mean, when you look ahead to uh, 2025, mm-hmm. I mean, what does that look like for you?
1: <laughs> Who knows with <what> the recession <laughs> coming? No, I'm just right. kidding. Um, I think working a little bit more in the power of storytelling, I think we've seen a shift in our marketing approach, and I think we can only We can only tell so many things, but when we can share the story of growth for our companies, I think that's where we're going to see the benefit. Um, Things that we're going to be starting we're going to be starting podcasts, we're going to be starting webinars. We are doing some um, much larger things with our members and making sure we have the real questions and the real connections. We have our membership discounts. We want to grow that as well. As you mentioned, the recession can be scary. Well, when you are part of a network of members and we have all these options and discounts for them to take advantage of, it's ways to save money as well. I think for the most part is taking the advice of our leaders in the community and growing everyone together. So I wish I could say they're my goals, but my goals have to be what our members need and whatever that time is, because next year could be a different thing. But how we get the information to them should be all on us.
0: Absolutely. You, you mentioned um, the power of storytelling a few times. Yeah. I would love to, to dive into that a little bit more um, because I think it is interesting and it also, uh, especially when it comes to talking with your business members, um, mm-hmm. sort of the modern age of, of, of marketing versus traditional advertising. And I say that as a print newspaper editor. <laughs> Who sells ads? Right, we, as we, you're
1: still doing a podcast, so the as, creativity and growth potential—you are absolutely telling right. the story. And
0: I would like to thank our sponsor. No, we <laughs> don't have any sponsors.
1: <laughs> <short>. Well done.
0: <laughs> no, but I think it really um, does touch on that—that—that that, that difference where, and like you said, you can do both. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can be in the traditional advertising game. You can you can um, you know buy TV spots. You can mm-hmm. buy radio spots. You can buy print advertising while also then having other channels through which you can do uh, earned earned media Correct. as well. So maybe you could give me that um, that 30-second pitch that, that a confused <laughs> business owner is asking you about. Sure. How, how can how I make I my ads more effective? But wait, and, there's more. Right, of course. exactly.
1: I, I think one of the things too is like, so uh, the chamber we have like, a, at a so we share our members events. So if they have an event they want to promote, they send it our way, we'll share it out. So a lot of times it's making sure you have the channels to be able to share your stories. But when I talk about the power of storytelling, it's when a business has a great thing that they've accomplished, sometimes they forget to share it. And there's some wonderful things going on in the community. But if we don't know what they're doing, and we're not sharing it, people around you don't see how wonderful of a community we are. So uh, I'll just give it, like an example. Kresge Foundation is in Troy, and they are doing amazing things. And I, I went to them and I said, you know, I really want the community to know. And they're like, well, not everything happens in Troy. I go, and that's okay. But that person you may have helped out in that other state – Maybe it was from Michigan. I'm like, there's there's still all correlation. So when you find out that I met with another company and they were talking about how a specific image sparked a memory in the patient of an Alzheimer's uh, gentleman. And it was one of the most joyous moments because they had a, a little piece of that. And I think every time you can tell the story the right way, you're creating an impact people will pay attention to. And I think every company and every business has a story to tell, and I think it's our job to kind of share those stories. That's great. Well,
0: uh, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry,
1: I'm very smiley and it, giggly. No, about this. <laughs> absolutely,
0: it's really interesting, and I, I think we could talk for even longer about how this new dyna- dynamic of. Um, being creative with personalizing your story so that people feel more connected to mm-hmm. um, supporting you as well is such an important uh, part as well.
1: And that works for big businesses and small businesses. So that's the piece too. When, I mean, there's some amazing uh, like impacts that some of these larger companies are making but it's not being shared yet, so it's it's how do people know how wonderful of a community we are and how our business are work together? It's it's a very cool, yeah. interesting way to look at it. When people
0: say mom and pop shop, I mean mm-hmm. that in the loan that phrase itself connects you to more of a family aspect Absolutely. of a small business. And your point is is a good one as well for big companies with headquarters, right? Hundred percent. Where they say, well, yeah, but we're not that. We're not a mom and pop shop, and so it immediately impersonalizes it. It takes it away from that that aspect of it. So I think it's important to remember businesses of all size, big and small, have people who work there and live in the communities that that are doing it as well. Well,
1: I think, so one of the things we do actually host is our nonprofit conference. So we have a thing called the NPN. So we have a very large membership base as well of nonprofit um, organizations. And I mean, PNC Bank is our presenting sponsor. So we're looking at this has been 15 years of educating the nonprofit community for all the aspects that they need to be successful. So this is something that's very different from other chambers is that we've done this for 15 years and we have worked with over 100 different nonprofits to help them grow. And I I think as people would say, oh, well, you're just helping them grow, but we're providing free education for them. We're providing some amazing aspects. And then at the end of the conference, we take that revenue and for our members in the nonprofit who are members of the NPN, they actually get a portion of that money back because we're there to share and help them all grow. So it's just really great stuff that's happening.
0: That's great. So my last question is is kind of along those same lines, which is um, there's a business in Troy who isn't part of the chamber yet. What would your uh, explanation be to them about why it's important to be a member of the chamber? And then also, um, you know, what message can you send to uh, the people of Troy as well, who you know don't really know that much about the chamber, who maybe want to learn a little bit more?
1: Well, we're Troy Chambers, all things business. So we are—I I don't want to say this in a weird way—but we're not the art in the park community. We're about business. We're about helping you grow. We're about connecting you to opportunities. We have a young professionals network. So if you have younger employees, we're going to help get them to the place that you want to take over some of your senior roles as growth p- progression happens. We have amazing discounts. We have amazing... Amazing events. I mean, we the one event we have coming up, it's actually, it's called Your City, Your County, Your State. Um, I, I had a look at it because it's a lot of words for it. But I mean, we are bringing the lieutenant governor. We're bringing the mayor of Troy. We are bringing Nolan Finley as our moderator. We have Oakland County Executive David Coulter. We have the um, MEDC Senior Vice President of Growth, Christine Roder. So like the people that we're bringing you to as well opens up so many more doors. Um, we have a large membership base, but we are always looking to grow because the more members we have, the more connections that we can make. So, I mean, we welcome you. You're welcome to, if you have questions, always Feel free to reach out to any of us. Um, if you go to TroyChamber.com, you can definitely learn more information or honestly just call the chamber office. You can even ask for me if I'm there. Um, I run around a lot, but we just have a lot to offer and we're always willing to help. We are complete servant leaders. Great.
0: Tara Thompson. Cusack
1: <laughs> You nailed it. Good yes. job.
0: <laughs> President and CEO of the Troy Chamber of Commerce. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Have a good one.
0: Thanks again to Tara for being on the show. You can learn more about the Chamber and find out about upcoming events at troychamber.com. On Wednesday, February 12th, the Chamber will host an economic development forum at Remen in Troy. Next week, my guest will be Troy City Attorney Lori Grigg-Bloom. Until then, I'm Andrew Neal. Thanks for listening to the Voices of Troy podcast, and have a great week.